Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Friends, this is Pastor Ken Bear. Hey, we'll be continuing our series in James today, but today we have a guest speaker. His name is Pastor Hal Thornton. Reading of the passage. God, we're grateful for this word that comes to us this day. We're thankful that you've given it to us for guidance, direction, uh, for a way to understand how it is that we're called to live as faithful servants. These things we pray in the name of the risen Christ. Amen and amen. Now, this reading from James, the second chapter, he's writing to the Christians who have this question before them and who need some help to understand how it is that they are to conduct their life. Well, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart, be in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, well, what does that profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, well, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. Well, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Listen, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was also fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not only by faith or not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? As for the body without the spirit, it's dead. So faith without works is dead also. This ends the reading of God's word for which we give thanks. I want you to think with me now about this passage as a passage that is really a monitor. It's a passage that gives you a series of questions that you can ask yourself. Years ago, I was uh, in Columbus, Ohio. I received word from the insurance company that I needed to go to the doctor for a physical. You know, the insurance company wants to have a baseline for you when you're in your early 40s and before you have begun to fall apart. And they <laughs> have this need to have you visited by a doctor or for you to visit a doctor. So uh, I made the appointment and I had all the t 
probes and pokes and questions. And finally, they did the EKG thing because apparently they have to get that baseline heart monitoring process. Very good. I'm glad they did it. Uh, but here's the deal. When all that was over and I put myself back together again, I'm going to step away from the mic because this is more visual than it is something that I'm saying. Okay, I'm standing. I'm beside the doctor. He's right here. He's got his hands behind him and he's looking at the EKG up there. Okay, and he's just rocking you know, looking at the thing, doing the doctor reading thing. And he looked at me, he says, you know, if you weren't standing beside me healthy, if you weren't standing beside me looking so good, I would think by your EKG that you need to go to the emergency room because you're having a heart attack. <laughs> well, I, I must have been stronger than, because I didn't have a heart attack right then. He said, but that's just the way your heart is. That's the, that's the uniqueness of your heart rhythm as it's picked up on the EKG. Now I'm thinking to myself, brother, why don't you just put me back on that table and you put those monitoring things on. Let's do another one of these things. You know, let's take another test. But monitoring. Doctors are there to monitor your health status. I go to see my doctor now who has been with me long enough. So he is now a gerontology specialist. <laughs> he, he has nothing but clients who are old and decrepit like me. Uh, I say the old and decrepit because I had a birthday a few weeks ago and it made me 74. And I've discovered that bending down ain't what it used to be. Okay. But that's okay, because the good doctor, he looks at me and he does all those tests and all that blood draining and all those numbers. And then he says, you're fine. That's just fine. You're good. Monitoring. That's what he does. On my watch, I have an EKG reading on my watch. I don't know how to read it, but it's there. And then I've got a, one that gives me the monitoring of my heartbeat. It tells me what my heartbeat is. It's probably a little higher than it was the other day, which was 78. Right now, it's probably a little higher because I'm up here in front doing all this speaking. Uh, but the, the idea is monitoring. This passage that's before us is really a passage that sets in motion this internal question of monitoring our spiritual life, making certain that we're the kind of people that God wants us to be. In this passage, he talks about this issue of works, and he talks about this issue of faith. And he is addressing this uh, corruption of understanding that has emerged within the broader community that says it's okay for you just to believe. You don't really have to have a course of life that would identify you as a believing person. It's okay just to believe. Now, James is saying we got to nip that in the bud. We got to come to an understanding that takes that off the table, because as important as faith is, Jesus makes a difference in your life. I have this wonderful wand before me. I laughed and I, I told people in the other service, I have this, no, I'm not going to use this to tap people who've gone to sleep. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But you see what I've done here? I've got a wonderful balancing point. 
and we could begin to understand this passage as a description of the balanced Christian life. You have faith, you have good deeds, you have the works that arise from your faith, and you see how it's balanced? And it's, is it perfectly still? No, because in the course of life, sometimes it gets like that, and you gotta make a little correction. Sometimes like that, you gotta make a little correction. That's the way the Christian journey is. Our faith never fails us, and our use of faith in life to be the people that God wants us to be never fails us. That's the model, that's the mentoring that James wanted to instill within the mind of those persons who were reading this text. I want you to be people who have a strong and saving faith in the Lord Jesus, but if someone in your fellowship is hungry, oh, do please feed them. Or if someone in your fellowship needs clothing, oh, please clothe them, share with them what you have, share with them what they need, and keep the balance between your faith and the course of your life. Faith and usefulness. Faith and availability to the needs of others in your life. Now, as James would go into this passage, he took them to understand that there's a negative example. I want to remind you, so he says, of the negative example. Remember in the passage where he talked about the person who said, I have faith. It's a beautiful thing. I enjoy it. You're hungry. You need something to wrap you up. I hope you find it. That's what James says. No, no. That's just faith that walks away from the brother or sister in need. You just walk away. And then he says, and you say you believe God. Well, let me tell you, the demons believe God and they tremble. Doesn't make a difference in their pattern of presence. They are still emissaries of the evil one. That's the negative example that he highlights for folk. Catch that. And then he said, but let me give you something from our tradition as Jewish people who've come to faith. Let me tell you about Abraham and that great testing that came to him in terms of, will you follow me Abraham. Now, Abraham had been given an opportunity to be a faithful man, and he was. He had been told that from you will come descendants that will outnumber the stars and the sands on the shore. And he kept looking over in the corner and says, I don't know where the descendants are coming from, but that corner is empty. There's not a baby in that corner. We all remember the story of how his wife sort of said, well, we're going to take care of that. In the course of the pattern of those days, uh, he fathered a child by a handmaid, not the child of promise, not the child of the covenant, not the child who would be the one whom God would send. God, in his good time, sent Isaac to be that child. But he also gave to Abraham a challenge I want you to go and I want you to offer your child whom you love, whom you waited for, and who you have the greatest aspirations. Stars in the sky, sands on the shore. I want you to put him on an altar and offer him up to me. Now that is a challenge. 
But what did Abraham do? He took his son Isaac and they moved to a place where there was an altar being put together with the rocks around. And what did Isaac say? Father, what are we doing? Well, we're going to make an offering to God. Um, who's going to be offered? Uh, you. But don't worry. Don't worry. So Abraham was told in his heart, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. So just at the moment that this act of obedience was going to be consummated, what does Abraham see in the bush? But the lamb whom God has provided to be the sacrifice. Jehovah Jireh, Hebrew for God provides. Abraham was known as a man who believed God, and in that belief, he obeyed. He did that which God called him to do, right up to the edge of Jehovah Jireh being discovered. God provided. And then, as the children moved into the promised land, they sent spies into that land to come back with reports of just exactly what is the Lord leading us into. It's a dangerous assignment. The two spies wound up in the home of Rahab, who was a harlot. Now, that's sort of weird for us to take in. You know, you go, gentlemen, could not you have found a person who was not a harlot? Could you not have found that? But nonetheless, they took comfort and safety in that with all the cultural trappings that would have been present uh, with that person identified as a harlot. But what did she do? She heard the story. She heard what God was going to do. And so what did she do when the soldiers came looking for the spies? But she sent them in a different direction. She sent them out because she believed that God was going to do a work with the people whom he had called to occupy that land. So in faith, she sent them away to great peril for herself. She's given as a positive example of faith. And that's really the point uh, that James was making with the hearers. We need to have both. We need to have the reality of Jesus in our life in very practical ways. Now, Paul picked up the same thought when he wrote to the uh, Ephesians. He says, you in Christ have been created for good works. Your faith in Christ will lead you to be faithful in the works of God. That's how he described the new life that was coming to the saints at Ephesus. And then when he wrote the letter to the church at Galatia, he talked to them in very practical ways about the life that they were called to live. And he did that by once again lifting up a negative and a positive experience. The negative is that list of behavior uh, that is contrary to the actions of those people who are a part of the kingdom of God. They are the people who are sexually immoral. They live with impurity and debauchery. They have idolatry and witchcraft in their life. They are hating people. They have discord. They're jealousy. They're subject to fits of rage. They're selfish. They're dissentive 
people. They cause problems. They develop factions. They have envy and their drunkenness. They have orgies. These are the people I want you to know that you once were but are no more. These people who continue in that behavior will never inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul goes and talks to them about now this is what the people of God exhibit as the power of God within your life. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against this, there is no law. Be free in the Spirit to be engaged with the people around you in life building, faith building, full person care. Now that's what Paul was telling to the saints at Galatia. And he says, this truly is kingdom living. Coming back to James, James is laying out for the readers who need to have built within their heart a personal monitor, built within their life a question. Am I believing? And does my belief make a difference in my life in the relationship with other people? That's what Paul is saying about the fruit of the Spirit. It will make a difference in your relationships with other people. I don't have time now to unpack all each, every one of those words. Um, Ken needs to take another vacation. Well, maybe nine weeks of vacation for me to do. But he's not going to do that, and you're safe. You're safe. But can you catch the, the power of this passage that James was working at? He says, the Christian people live a balanced life. They live a life believing in the saving power of Christ, and that saving power of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit makes you a useful person in this world. And over the time when my wife and I, Ken and Carol, and all of us who are volunteers have been with you, we've seen this balance coming out. We've seen persons who pray at table. Remembering this food before us is here because of God's grace and mercy within our life. We give him thanks. I've seen care and concern for other residents who miss a meal. So you ask, where is so-and-so? Haven't seen her this morning. Well, let's go find, uh, see what's happening. And you might find that the person had a visitor. You might find the person just didn't feel well to come out of their room. You know, that's care. That's concern. The, the Christmas gifts you know those Samaritan's Purse Christmas boxes that we have such a great time filling that go all over the world to children you don't know, but who would never have an opportunity to have something as simple as a wash rag and a comb. That's Christian living. That's the balanced Christian life, looking for ways in which my life can make a difference for Jesus' sake. The faith in Christ is the faith that empowers me to be a part of God's work in this world. It's the faith that gives life. And that's what James was calling for with the saints who read this epistle. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful that you have done for us. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. 
You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.